0: time. Hey, what's going on? Who that nation? It is yours truly TJ Jones, the host of the state of the saints podcast. And welcome to the state of the saints podcast. I really do appreciate you uh, listening or tuning in. Uh, Really do thank you for taking the time out to be a part of the podcast. On this edition, we're going to be talking about the Detroit lions. Um, As you all know, the saints have a week Four matchup against the Detroit lions. So we're going to be mostly focusing on the Detroit lions on this edition of the State of the Saints podcast and what do expect you know what should the Saints expect from the Detroit Lions uh going into this week four matchup when they hit Ford Field in Detroit but thank you very much for all the people that are in the comments right now thank you for all those that are watching live whether you're watching on YouTube Facebook live or you're looking on Twitter thank you so much uh let's go ahead and talk about the Detroit Lions you know uh I must say who that nation you know the Detroit Lions and the New Orleans Saints you know, they have a lot of similarities, man. I'm not talking about as far as like, you know, being successful. I think the Saints have kind of over the past 10 to 15 years have trumped uh, the Detroit Lions uh, when it comes to success. But when you look at the the, the, the franchises, you know, how both seem to struggle, you know, to find wins. And, you know, it just seems like, you know, they can never get over the hump. Seems like the New Orleans Saints have kind of found their groove and the Detroit Lions kind of got lost in limbo. But when these two teams do play one another, uh, they're always really good games. Uh, I can never just see one team blowing the other team out. It's been a couple of times where the Saints actually, you know, got the best of the Detroit Lions. But the Detroit Lions always seem to hang around, and it always comes down to the last possession. Uh, there's a lot of good players on the Detroit Lions team, you know. And, and if you've been watching Detroit Lions games, which I'm pretty sure some of you have not, And I have opportunity to take a look at, you know, an NFL red zone. So I'm watching some of the games that the Detroit Lions have had um, this past season. Well, not this past season, but actually this season. And I have to say, man, the Detroit Lions, for the exception of that Green Bay Packers game, they've been in both of these games. And in week one against the Chicago Bears, rookie out of Georgia, I'm pretty sure a lot of you probably know who he is. If you follow the SEC, DeAndre Swift. If you would have caught a pass, man, he was wide open. He ended up dropping a pass in the end zone where about, I think maybe like five or six seconds left on the clock, they would have won the football game. You know, so they would have beat the Chicago Bears. And last week, they knocked off the Arizona Cardinals team, uh, led by Kyler Murray, who is playing out his mind right now ever since he got DeAndre Hopkins. But the Green Bay Packers game, I mean, it just got pretty much out of hand because Green Bay Packers pretty much always. uh, dominate that series but the Detroit Lions are a team that if you think as a Saints fan the Saints are going to just roll up into Detroit and they're going to get a bounce back victory and you know we're going to get back to normal and get back to winning I mean you're sadly mistaken this is a team that has a lot of pride and then right now they're actually playing for their coach's job you know Matt Patricia is the head coach of the Detroit Lions which is uh, surprising to me because uh Matt Patricia has a horrible, and I do mean horrible overall record uh as a head coach i think I think maybe he won this uh double digit games, you know what I'm saying like I think he may have won his tenth game as a head coach, and I think he lost about twenty three or twenty four games and I think they were maybe on like a a eight or nine game losing streak before they won uh against the Arizona Cardinals. so this right here, man, this is a a game that the Detroit Lions really need. Um, to uh, solidify themselves as a team that's trying to turn a corner. And this can be a game right here. If they win, then maybe the Ford family will look at Matt Patricia differently. But the Saints have to handle business, man. They, they definitely have to handle business. Um, We know about the Detroit Lions. We know about Matthew Stafford, guy I have a lot of respect for, a guy I would love to see in a Saints uniform one day. But we all know the Detroit Lions, they like to hold on to all of their franchise players, and they don't want to let them go. You know, we look at Barry Sanders back in the day. Barry Sanders wanted to leave Detroit because he thought that the, the franchise uh was a dumpster fire. He thought that he would never win a Super Bowl and he wanted to be a contender. And they refused to allow him to go, so he ended up retiring. The same thing happened with Calvin Johnson. Ironically, um, I was actually listening to a podcast where Calvin Johnson was the guest on the podcast, and he was talking about some of the treatment uh that was going on in Detroit. You know, so these are two guys that are synonymous with Detroit Lions football, and uh, they left on uh, very bad terms. So I don't know if Matthew Stafford would ever be able to get out of Detroit. Hopefully one uh, one day he will, but um, if he does, I wouldn't mind seeing him in the Saints uniform, but he is a really good quarterback, 881 yards, five touchdowns, two interceptions this season. Uh, the Detroit Lions, as a team, they average about 23 points a game, and they, they average about 350 yards of total offense so every single game this season for the exception of the green bay packers two out of those three games they played they have been a a formidable opponent you know even though two of those games they came out on a losing end and they have a lot of other talent as well Uh, another guy kenny galladay a guy i enjoy watching he reminds me of a you know of the detroit lions version of marcus colston he's a guy not afraid to go over the middle Uh, he's a little faster than marcus colston but he is tall he's like six four he's about 215 pounds and he has really good hands, man. He he's a really good player. He just came back last week. He was dealing with injuries. And uh Matthew Stafford, that is his go-to guy. Then you got Hawkinson, uh, the tight end, a guy who can move the chains on third down. You got Jesse James, who came over from the Pittsburgh Steelers, who I used to enjoy watching. Some of you probably remember Jesse James, you know, for that controversial call where you know he actually caught the ball, tried to dive, you know, what I'm saying it to the end zone, and they said that the pass was incomplete. Uh, you know, so end up costing the the Pittsburgh Steelers in a, in a playoff game. So you, I mean, these are some really good players that they have. I I mentioned DeAndre Swift, the rookie out of Georgia. We know how good he is as a runner. You got the ageless wonder and Adrian Peterson, you know, he's going to be using this game uh, as motivation. You know, the saints didn't give him an opportunity. We all remember that debt stare uh, that he gave Sean Payton on the sidelines week one against the Minnesota Vikings. So you know, he's going to be looking to try to prove that he still has something left in the tank. And also defensively, man, you got uh Darrell Harmon, you know, a former New England Patriot. You got Jamie Collins, a former New England Patriot. You got Trey Flowers, a former uh, New England Patriot. You got Jeff Okuda, the rookie out of Ohio State, the guy who is supposed to be the best cornerback in, in this year's uh draft. So a lot of talent across the board. Um, you know, Reggie Ragland on uh, former Alabama Crimson Tide. He's also a part of that team. A lot of talent on the Detroit Lions team. And the Saints got to be ready if they don't, man. This can be one of those games where we're just left scratching our head and wondering how the Saints lost it. Because, you know, they're, they're kind of similar to what's going on in Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta can't hold a big lead and neither can the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions have led in, in two of the last uh, three games that they played and one of the games they actually got the victory the other game against the Chicago Bears I mean they allow Chicago to come back and win that game so Detroit is kind of dealing with the same type of situation learning how to close games and once again Matt Patricia's job is on the line here so he's going to be coaching desperately you know what I'm saying like when when you don't have anything to lose I and mean, sometimes you have a tendency of becoming desperate and I feel like Detroit Lions uh, you know and Matt Patricia they're going to, to be pretty desperate out here you know trying to make sure that he holds on to that job with everything that he has but he's trying to bring that whole New England patriot patriot way to Detroit and me personally I just don't feel like that works Uh, I think that Matt Patricia uh, has found his groove as a head coach I think when he first went to Detroit um, a lot of people thought that he was trying to be Bill Belichick you know he comes in he wants to have practice like Bill Belichick have practice. He wants to talk to players like Bill Belichick talks to players. But that, that comes with having skins on the wall. I think Bill Belichick um, can get away with a lot of things because with Bill Belichick comes winning. With Bill Belichick comes success. Matt Patricia, I mean, honestly, people don't even really think of you as really being a good defensive mind. They they feel like you're one of those guys who just so happen to be on the same staff uh, of a New England Patriots team with Bill Belichick. We all know Bill Belichick calling card has been defense from his days where he was the defensive coordinator, of New York giants when Bill Parcells was their head coach. So a lot of people look at that at Bill Belichick as being the defensive mind. And it just so happened that Matt Patricia was just the, the coach on the sidelines with his hat turned to the back and a pencil behind his, his ear. That was kind of what he was known for, but he, he had a job. He got an opportunity to coach the Detroit lions and, they haven't really been that good, man. And um, I'm questioning uh, the NFL and I'm questioning this organization because I look at people like Jim Cardwell, who actually had the Detroit Lions winning and going into the playoffs. And yes, they they didn't, you know, win any games in the playoffs, but he still got them there and they still were formidable. But you keep around Matt Patricia, like I, I don't get it. But it's going to be an interesting game, folks, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, let's start with Anthony. Anthony says, Alvin Kamara took AP's opportunity, my dude. I agree. You know, I think that, uh, Anthony, I, th- I think that the Saints knew Alvin Kamara could do some things, but I don't think they knew how good and how special he was as a player. If if they did, I don't believe that Adrian Peterson would have ended up being with the Saints. It, it just happens, you know, like, I think we all knew that Alvin Kamara was going to be something special. Uh, after that Detroit Lion game I mean he started off kind of slow he started off kind of slow and um, you know but it was an interview that was conducted uh, by Sean Payton well he was he was being interviewed I should say and he was talking about Alvin Kamara and he was saying uh, the reason why Alvin Kamara isn't doing much is because I I really haven't been calling his number he said that's my fault after that it was the Detroit Lion game I know y'all remember that game in the Superdome It was uh, when Marshawn Lattimore caught his first interception for a touchdown. Cam Jordan, you know, he caught that interception in the back of the end zone, you know, for that touchdown. He dunked the uh, ball over the goalpost. You know, that was the Alvin Kamara coming out party right there. And that was (laughs) the end of Adrian Peterson. So I I don't think the Saints even realized how special Alvin Kamara was. I knew he was going to be something, especially in that preseason game when they played against the Chargers and he ran that 72-yard touchdown. I know they had something there especially since I haven't seen the Saints uh, running back run for 70 nothing yards and uh, in, in probably like eight or nine years. You know, you probably got to go back. I think maybe Chris Ivory or something like that. You know, where you have seen a, a running back run for uh, just break off a 50 or 60 yard run. You know, it, it was a while. So you knew that Alvin Kamara was going to be something special. But I don't think we really knew how special he was going to be. Uh, Pam says, uh, if the Raiders can beat us, so can the Lions. Something is wrong with our team. Are they all uh, bickering or what something is off? Bad. Uh, Look, I think people get things misconstrued. We look at teams from what they did last year, and all of a sudden, like, we just dismissed them, and we don't realize that teams get better each and every year. Yes, the Raiders did not make the playoffs. Yes, the Raiders didn't make the playoffs before that, but- teams come into seasons it it, it symbolizes hope right every team is zero and zero at the start of the season every team right now has an opportunity at the playoffs the Cincinnati Bengals uh you know just the, the, the New York Jets I mean it's a long shot but they still have an opportunity to make the playoffs so when teams come into the season it's fresh it's brand new so you cannot count a team out and just say oh man that's who they are this is the Raiders these are the lions. You can't do that. If you're looking past an opponent, most likely you are going to get beat. You know, I understand that teams aren't good, but these are professional athletes on every single team. And if you don't look out, the team that you don't expect wi- can beat you will beat you. So I'm not I'm not dismissing the Raiders. The Raiders look pretty doggone good against those New England Patriots. Just so happened that Bill Belichick kind of flexed his muscle and ex- and exposed the the Raiders running game. And that's how they end up getting the victory. So the Raiders are formidable, and they're they're doing a good job this season. I look for the Raiders to be there in the end in the AFC West. Even though I just feel like the Kansas City Chiefs are just leaps and bounds ahead of everybody, I still feel like the Raiders have opportunity at a playoff spot. So we can't just look at it that way. I don't know what's going on with this team. Look, people tend to have speculations, you know, anytime things don't seem like they are normal, right? Right. I've heard somebody in, uh, even inbox me and they told they asked me, do you think it has something to do with political stance? Uh, you know, like the, the whole thing about Drew Brees. I don't think so. Not at all, man. I don't think it has anything to do with it. I just think that when we're used to a team being successful, when we're used to teams winning and they're not, we try to find reasons why the thing that we see as normal isn't normal right now. This is just a team that just having bad chemistry. This is a team that has some bad luck and this is a team that's that's not on the same page right now. But I mean, we've seen this story before we've seen the same start off really, really slow and they pick things up. So I think that we haven't seen the best out of this team just yet. We all know that it takes them a while to try to figure it out. Uh, even though, like I said, I mean, it makes me sound, you know, hypocritical because I'm saying teams change from year to year, but the only thing about it is this team has been together for so long and they kind of been doing and operating the same type of way versus a Raiders team or versus Alliance team who has brand new parts all around. The Saints pretty much have the same players. So that's why I feel like they can be able to figure it out, because with that, it, it comes a, a relationship. Right. You know, there are certain things that you can say to your friends that you just can't say to a random stranger. You can probably say something to your friend that may seem kind of harsh because that's your friend and your friend understands. And that comes from years of, of, of friendship and, and the, you know, the camaraderie that you built over the course of time. So the Saints, I feel like they could look each other in the eye and be like, man, where you at? We at? we need you. A lot of a lot of teams don't have that luxury. So I think they'll be able to get it together. Uh sub so, uh Jerry Poor giving a shout-out to Jerry. Greg says, all I got to say, look at the Kansas City Chiefs uh, what they are doing. They are running the ball a lot and they're undefeated. Yeah, I mean, not to mention they got, you know, who I feel like as of right now in the NFL from an NFL standpoint, the second best quarterback in the NFL than Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I, I still think Russell Wilson right now is playing much better. I just feel like Patrick Mahomes have more weapons, you know. Russell Wilson have well, he had like two guys to me, man. You know what I'm saying? He got he got he got Metcalf, you know what I'm saying? And he got, you know what I'm saying, the other or wide receiver. I can't think of his name, man, right now, right off my head, which I feel bad because the dude is a beast. But anyway, you know what I'm saying? But when you look at uh Patrick Mahomes, I mean, <laughs> he got uh Heartland, he got he got uh Sammy Watkins, he got Tyreek Kill, he got Kelsey and now you got it was you know what I'm saying you got all these dudes on your team you can you know you even got the tight the, the fullback Sherman out there catching touchdowns you know I mean Eric Fisher you know the first round uh left tackle first pick overall a couple years ago I mean he catching touchdowns so I just think that he has a lot of weapons man so uh I, I just think that this is that that team is really really good but I feel like the Saints do have to run the football. I feel like the Saints are a better running football team than they are a passing football team right now. And I think, I, I can't remember what caller called the show on the last edition of the State of the Saints podcast. They made a very interesting point. They talked about, you know, how the Saints may need to change their offense to almost like how the San Francisco 49ers play. You know, when they have Jim garoppolo who only throw the ball when absolutely necessary. And they basically just became a run-dominant offense. I feel like the Saints... Need to do the same thing. I feel like Latavius Murray can be a guy that can get you about 15 to 20 carries a game. I feel like Alvin Kamara, who can catch the ball out of backfield and run between the tackles. I feel like you have an offensive line that's designed for you to be a run dominant team. I I haven't seen, for the exception of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that was mostly because the Saints were trying to run from left to right instead of up the middle. When the Saints were running up the middle against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they were actually getting success when they were trying to run, you know, lateral. That's when they start getting stopped, you know, because you had those linebackers, David and white out there. So it's not like this team can be shut down. I mean, they they ran the ball really well with, against the green Bay Packers and they ran the ball really well versus the, the Las Vegas Raiders. So I think that maybe you need to convert and be one of those teams that can actually run the football and have a quarterback that just throws when absolutely necessary. It worked uh, for the Denver Broncos when they were actually making their championship run. You've seen Peyton Manning, you know, he was mostly him just uh, handing the ball off to No. Sean Moreno, uh, you know what I'm saying, handing the ball off to the other running back. Uh, what was that? You know, I can't think. Well, Chris Anderson, if I'm not mistaken. You know what I'm saying? So I think that if you do something like that, I think you'll be just fine. They just need to change things up. They don't need to be just a past dominant team. Because I don't think the Saints are structured like that this season. I really don't. Do you think Mike Thomas will come back this week? Uh, I honestly don't know. I don't know. Uh, I feel like Michael Thomas should not play this week if he's not fully healthy. I'm not, I Look, I don't think it's, it's full desperation mode here. The Saints still uh, have put, been putting up about 30 points a game, you know, basically. You know, like without michael thomas you can even say they put up 30 points almost 40 with him playing in week one and he only had like one catch so it's not like the saints can't do anything without him like i said when things go wrong everything is amplified and we're always trying to find reasons why things aren't the same way we uh we're used to seeing them right so we're we're talking about social justice issues. We are talking about Drew Brees being old and arm-screen. We are talking about the defense. we uh, we talking about Mike Thomas not being there. Everything is amplified. I feel like the New Orleans Saints can win football games even without Michael Thomas. Even though, you know, they, you know, it hasn't been proven true, you know, uh, but I do feel like they can do enough if they run a, a different type of offense. I feel like Sean Payton is running an offense as if, you know, Michael Thomas is still there, you know, and I also think that a lot of the plays that the the Saints may have that involve Michael Thomas, they, they aren't running. For example, the, the whole jet sweep, right? I think like the first game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I seen Deontay Harris running more jet sweeps. A lot of that can have a lot to do with the fact that Michael Thomas demands a double team, right? Because Michael Thomas demands a double team, it causes other wide receivers to have one-on-one matchups. So all Deontay Harris basically has to do is worry about beating his man. So there's a lot of things that go into place when Michael Thomas isn't there. You know, a lot of plays out of the playbook got to be taken out because Michael Thomas uh is the, the guy who that de- demands the double team. He's the guy that people have to look out for because he can win those one-on-one matchups. So you have to put somebody else out there to double cover him. So if he's coming in, it it makes the defense, you know, have to account for him. And it makes other guys' job pretty easy by going down the field, you know, doing all these different exotic plays and them becoming successful. So I I think that uh, if the Saints uh, believe that he's healthy, if he, you know, if he is healthy, if he is close to 100 percent, because we all know that football players, none of them are 100 percent. Especially after a couple of weeks, but as close as he can possibly be to 100%, you put him in. I, I'm not in a business of just trying to put him in so I can feel good about myself. Michael Thomas is going to be a saint for years to come, right? And I'm not trying to see him jeopardize his future by coming back too early, him re aggravate the injury or make it worse where he has to get surgery and he'll be out for the season. You know, I mean, I get it. You know, we, we want to troll our, our rival teams, right? We want to troll Panthers fans and Falcon fans and Bucks fans. And right now we can't do that because we are losing. But I'm not trying to do that at the expense of Michael Thomas. Okay, I want Michael Thomas to be happy. I want to be healthy and I want him to be able to fully contribute to this team and not just be out there as a decoy because he can't do some of the things that he normally does. And we all know when a guy comes back and he can't do what he normally does, then we up here talking about, oh, man, he's stealing money oh ever since he got his money he ain't the same player as he once did oh he phoned it in because we really don't know what's going on with the player we only see what's on the field so i want him to be fully healthy i want him to be fully healthy before they put that man out there on the field i can care less about you know what a falcon or panther uh buccaneers fan gotta say about that uh as a lions fan it should be a good game yeah uh yeah, I'm the, um, it, it's always a good game when the Saints play the Lions. I mean, it, it always is. It always comes down to that last possession. And I got a lot of respect for the Detroit Lions. Like, I'm not going to sit up here and be laughing at the Lions or nothing. I got a lot of respect for Detroit. You know, when they don't play the Saints, you know, a part of me always want to see them win, you know, because I can always remember being that that young kid, man, on, on, on the living room floor at my grandparents' house and, and playing my uncle's Nintendo game and you know what I'm saying, and playing, or the Super Nintendo, and playing Super Tech bowl right, and I remember, you know, being quarter, quarterback uh, Rodney Pete, you know, and I, I run the ball, you know what I'm saying, all the way to the end of the, you know what I'm saying, the opposite end zone, and then when a when the defense get close to me, I shoot the ball down the field for a 100-yard touchdown in the back and end zone of Herman Moore, like a part of me <laughs> always is going to be a fan of that, man, or running the football with Barry Sanders, like those were some of the best times of my life, so I got a lot of respect. You know, for the Detroit Lions football team, man, they always play with a lot of heart. Uh, They always come to play. Uh, They never really phone it in. And, uh, you know, I mean, sometimes, you know, it just bees like that sometimes, you know, sometimes you go through some hard times as a fan base. But uh, I always like the Detroit Lions. I got a lot of respect for the players on that team. And I know it's going to be a a very good game. It it really is. I don't have anything bad to say about the Detroit Lions. Uh Kendall Jones says our defense has to step up. Uh, we should be able to score 30 on average, but we can't stop nobody. Uh, we can't get off the field on third down, and penalties are killing us. Uh, that's the only thing I feel like is going to hurt us in this game. Uh, the Detroit Lions' ability to extend drives. You know, they got two good tight ends and uh Jesse James and Hawkinson. Both of these two guys are pass-catching tight ends. Uh, they both can block pretty well. And um, also, man, you got uh, you got guys that can catch the ball out of the backfield like, uh, you know, DeAndre Swift. I mean, these guys can really cause some problems for the New Orleans Saints. So I feel like that soft spot in the middle of the field is just ready to be attacked. Uh, I feel like the Saints should be ready uh, when, you know, uh, Matthew Stafford tries to do that bootleg. I mean, honestly, that's that's what got them beat last week. I mean, it was just the same play over and over again, that same old bootleg. Nobody was there. Nobody was right there. So I feel like the soft spot uh, in the defense of New Orleans Saints is right in the middle. So I look at the Detroit Lions uh, tight ends to be able to eat on the Saints defense until they can prove otherwise. That's that's what I feel like is going to happen. You know, I feel like with, you know, with Kenny Galladay, they might rise to the occasion because Kenny Galladay is a really good receiver. Uh, Marvin Jones is a really good receiver as well. Uh, man, they got some really decent uh, receivers out there, man, guys that can go out there uh, you know, Matthew Stafford has a really good arm. He can get the ball down the field. So that's very dangerous right there. You know, you know he's going to be looking for those kill shots. So the Saints going to have to be very, very careful in this game. There's a lot of different elements to, to the Detroit Lions offense. And we all know that the Saints uh, defense right now is uh, sputtering. Got to clean up the darn penalties. Lost by seven with 100 yards and flags. Yeah, I mean, I just don't get it. You know, it just seems like it's the same old song and dance. At the beginning of the season, the Saints always just have a whole bunch of penalties. You know, I, I, it's just bad technique at this point. I mean, you, you can't really blame nobody but the coaching. I mean, are they talking to these guys? Are, are they just patting these guys on the back? You know, like be able to hold these guys accountable because right now it, it's just getting absolutely ridiculous. It's, it's getting ridiculous, man. Uh picking up uh Ken Crawley again is like feeding me crawfish shells and tossing the meat away, just dumb. (laughs) T dirty. Uh I just feel like he's on a practice squad. It's just for depth right now. Uh I really just don't get it too. Uh I don't I don't understand. If he wasn't good enough the first time around, what makes you think that he's good enough the second time around? I just feel like the Saints coaching staff sometimes they get a little bit lazy and they just get too dependent on some of these guys. Like, no disrespect. But why why is P.J. Williams just constantly in the starting rotation? Like, what have you seen out of P.J. Williams that can tell you that he's better than D.J. Swearinger? He's not. He's not better than D.J. Swearinger. D.J. Swearinger, I looked at his stats. D.J. Swearinger has 14 interceptions over the course of his career. This guy is known for being an enforcer. You can do so many different things with D.J. Swearinger. You can send D.J. Swearinger on a blitz. You can have D.J. Swearinger either the running back and the tight ends i mean pj williams can't do none of that stuff pj williams if if a tight end catches a ball he'll probably be able to get him down to the ground by a shoestring tackle but if i were the saints i don't understand why you just don't use somebody like dj swearinger dj swearinger is a better secondary player than pj williams is he just he just is okay you can say that he you know he's not a really good cover safety and stuff like that but the guy goes out there and he can turn, you know, he can get you interceptions. I mean, I've watched my fair share of games that involve DJ Swearinger. I mean, the Saints should automatically notice. I mean, I don't think it's been a game that Drew Brees has played against DJ Swearinger. Rather, he was for the Texans or the Redskins that DJ Swearinger didn't catch a pick on Drew Brees. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's it's amazing. And I would think that the Saints would have way more respect for this guy than to have this guy inactive for the last two weeks and you do it because of P.J. Williams? Like, you serious? Like, what was the best showing that we've seen out of the Saints' defense all season? It was against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and D.J. Swanger just so happened to be in the secondary. So I, I just don't get it, man. The Saints, they just hold on to these same guys who have been to Achilles' heel. It's like they think that these guys are just going to get better, but they just get worse, and they get worse because they feel like they ain't really being held accountable. If you start going out here – Rattling the cage, going out here using some of these younger players, then I guarantee you they'll step it up. Then, you know, there's no reason why a young guy like Keith Washington can't be in your rotation. And at least have him out there, you know, to see what this guy actually has. Some guys, you know, they 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 perform well in games and in situations and stuff like that. These guys can be really true uh great defensive players, a decent defensive players on your team, but you don't take the time out. To try to see what you actually have in these guys. You're too willing to go out here with the same old suspects that's getting beat deep constantly, can't tackle, and we sit up here and just try to pay these guys, or we just constantly give these guys opportunities. For example, Andrews Pete. Look, Andrews Pete, decent at best. What did Andrews Pete tell you over the first four years of his career that he deserves a five year contract? Like, seriously, like, if you want to uh, sign him to two or three years, yeah, maybe, you know what I'm saying? But five years, that's like saying, man, we want you here almost for life, okay? Four, you know what I'm saying? Four plus five is nine. So you're you, 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 you going to invest nine years in this dude? Can you see him being on the offensive line for the same for nine years? Not me. Not me. You know, so, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't understand why they invest in these guys and why they just can't go to some of these other guys to see what they actually have. I, I just don't get it. I don't <laughs> pajama Williams always getting caught sleeping man it's it just the fact that he's just not good man he's just not good in coverage he's a liability he's a liability in coverage and and you have to be very very careful too because this mediocrity can rub off on some of your young players too because I'm I'm seeing some 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 last days of cool uh play out of C.J. Gardner-Johnson, too, who I feel like should have had, uh, you know, a better showing this season than he has. Uh, I feel like he's getting a little bit complacent out there. I feel like these guys care so much about how to do their next handshake more so than actually learn how to cover. And I don't understand why you even have handshakes. Handshakes are designed for guys that can actually stop people. Handshakes are designed for guys that can tackle. Handshakes are designed for people that can get stops on third downs. Handshakes are designed for people... Who that have elite lightest out defense and can get three and outs. What do you need to give a handshake or a high five to after these performances? I, I really just don't know. Okay. I really don't know. They look cool. You know, I, I must say, you know what I'm saying? For each of them have their own respected handshake. That's pretty cool. I mean, it takes a lot of muscle memory to remember the handshake you did with Marshawn Lattimore and Sonora Jenkins. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it takes a lot of muscle memory with that, but Take that type of muscle memory and apply to getting off getting off the field on third down. Then I could be like, okay, hey, look, y'all deserve a handshake. Last year, I will say, y'all deserve some handshakes. This year, man, y'all should, should be shaking nobody's hand, all right? Y'all should be out there trying to focus on trying to be better when it comes to the technique. That, that's, that's all I'm saying, man. But P.J. Williams, I really just don't see why they keep bringing him back and putting him in a starting rotation. I just don't understand it. Like you you think you would think that they would have somebody out there that's young that hasn't been proven yet that can go out here and see what he actually has. So and I, I really just don't know. I don't like I don't get how some of these other teams, like like the cornerback Sneed, right? The Sne- the guy Sneed for the Kansas City Chiefs out of Louisiana Tech. How is it that he can hit the field, right? And somebody like Keith Washington can't. And Keith Washington in college was was a better cornerback than sneed was so how is it that sneed can get on the field sneed had the same amount of time to practice as as Keith washington did and he still don't hit the field so i mean if he can't hit the field and he's supposed to be really really good in college then what's that say about the saints coaching staff all that celebrating and no elevator straight up straight up <laughs> they have better handshakes than coverage skill exactly like i said it, it takes a lot of muscle memory to remember the handshake you did with Lattimore, and and, and it has to be different from the handshake you did with jenkins but shh, bro i don't want to see no handshakes if you're out there getting beat what, what you Why are you shaking somebody's hand you just gave up a 50 yard touchdown or a 50 yard game like what, what do you have to cheer about uh pete went out o-line got better yeah that is true I saw that, too, especially in a running game. P.J. Williams is straight hot garbage. He's not good, period. They need to put in with an instructional tape for the secondary on how to cover and to win a game. Yeah, man, Um, he just ain't it. You know, I, I just don't get it. You know, P.J. Williams, P.J. Williams has been with the Saints for at least about six or seven years, man. He's He was there before Lattimore and them got here. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was there, like, 2015, I think. I think his rookie season was. 2014 or 2015, one or the other. So he been there for a long time, man. Like, and I just don't get it, man. You still seeing the same old thing? Like, what? I mean, I don't know why Why you just keep on parading this guy out here. I don't. The Saints uh, were willing to give up a 2021 second-round pick uh, to the Browns to sign Jadavion Clowney. But wasn't willing to use that pick to upgrade their secondary. Hmm, that that, that does, doesn't make much sense. That doesn't make much sense. That's because the Saints, in my opinion, they lazy. They lazy to me. Like they they just don't want to take the time to develop players. They 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 just don't. They want to get guys that's already established. That's the only logical explanation I have for the Saints not willing to go out here to try to draft a quarterback. They're willing to go get one from another team. They're willing to go get somebody that's probably like a two or three year veteran, but they don't want to take the time out to go and get a guy at a at a true uh, skill position, which all the positions are skill positions, but the ones that you really count on to win games, they always try to go out here and try to get them from other teams. I, I just don't know if they just don't like uh, rookies, or they just feel like rookies uh, just don't get it, or they just feel like maybe veterans uh, are smarter than rookies, but Look, if you don't have the right coaching staff in place in order to elevate these players, what the hell do you got a job for? Like, seriously, man, like you look at people like the Green Bay Packers, the Green Bay Packers don't go out here and and get a whole bunch of free agents. They build through the draft, right? You look at Jaya Alexander, that guy, they drafted. You look at King, they drafted him. You look at uh, Darnell Savage, uh, the safety, they drafted him. You look at. The running backs that they have, you know what I'm saying? Undrafted free agents and and, and guys that they drafted late in rounds. Uh look at Aaron Rodgers, they drafted him. You know, you look at the offensive line, they drafted him. So they went 13 and 3, even though I feel like it was smoke and mirrors, and I still don't feel like they're as good as, as people making them out to be. But they have built this team through the draft. And I don't get why the Saints can't do the same exact thing. They might get like one or two players or something like that, might plug them on the offensive line. They'll disguise them next to about two uh, veterans right there that's pretty good, uh, you know what I'm saying, and and try to develop there. But when it comes to, like, the quarterback position or going out here get a wide receiver or something like that every now and then, you know what I'm saying, like, it seems like they don't want to go out here and get a high draft pick on any of those type of positions. They want to do it on the offensive line and and, and none of the positions where I feel like we are going to be looking at those guys through a microscope. Maybe they don't feel like the guys are smart enough for something. Maybe they feel like it takes a long time for any player to develop this offense. And maybe if you don't have any NFL knowledge, uh, you won't be able to master it. So maybe that's the reason why they go out here in free agency. But I would take a young guy that I can mold in the image uh, of my franchise over a guy that has been in the NFL for five, six plus years in in a heartbeat, because I feel like those are the type of people that you can actually build a franchise around. Because they come to the NFL like a, a blank page, right? You know what I'm saying? Just a blank sheet of paper. And you can you can make them into the type of player that you need them to be as long as they are willing to go out there and put in a work. So the Saints, that's something they may need to like take a look at, man. Have a little bit more uh, patience and maybe being able to uh, develop some of these younger players better. Uh, Josh says poor AK 41 carried the whole offense last game he had a hell of a game yeah it be like that sometime man I mean but look we seen that last year with Christian McCaffrey man Christian McCaffrey for the Panthers was everything for those guys man I mean this guy had a thousand yards rushing a thousand yards catching I mean he did everything and I think that Kamara might be on pace to do something like that have a thousand and a thousand he might be able to do something like that but sometimes you know you you play on teams that that lose games you know and right now the saints uh aren't a good team collectively you you know you got alvin kamara out there playing out his mind uh you got teron armstead who i feel like is doing an outstanding job probably uh one of his best starts in years uh i mean ryan ramcheck i mean you got some good bright spots on this team man so uh it just happens like that sometimes you know you, you have those good showings and Team end up losing. I know y'all remember that game on Monday night when uh, Reggie Bush went crazy, man. He ran back two punts. I mean, he was like going, man, he almost ran back a third. And the Saints still lost that game to the Vikings. You know, sometimes you have those good lights out games and you just don't win. I mean, how many times Jordan scored 60 in a game and the Bulls lost? I and mean, they didn't win those games all the time. So sometimes you can put forth your best effort, but it's, it's just not enough. Uh, let me see. I disagree with all you Earl Thomas lovers. That dude is whack fighting with his teammate, giving his coaches two middle fingers after an injury. Nah, keep that mess away from my Saints. Uh VB, you know, uh, I, I look, I agree with you. You got a you got a strong point there. Look, I understand why people will want Earl Thomas from a talent perspective, because he's an extremely talented safety. Probably one of the most true uh gifted safeties we've seen since uh what well, ed reed was in the league you know even though right, ed reed was just on a whole nother level but he does have like some issues and i feel like maybe uh this is a guy right here who has uh you know feels like he been in the league this long uh he feels like he one of the leaders of the league he's one of the most respected at his position so he feel like nobody can tell him nothing you know but i mean it can have it can be that or it can be some uh, mental issues that he's dealing with as well. I mean, we don't know, man. We we'll never know until, you know, until these uh, folks eventually, uh, you know, no longer with us. That's when we find out, like, all these different issues about CTE and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we really don't know, folks. Uh, but as far as his talent, man, I mean, I would take his talent uh, any day of the week. But I, I definitely understand why you would feel the way that you do. It's, it's one thing to be talented, man. But, you know, we only see these guys on Sunday. You know, they they interact with each other all the time. I mean, they're they're in, you know what I'm saying in a facility right now interacting with each other, talking to each other. You know, like they those are you know what I'm saying those are the moments that that you know decide if a guy is going to stay on your team or not. You know, we just see them on Sunday for production, but coaching staff and players got to deal with these guys Monday through Saturday. You know, what I'm saying uh, so. Uh, if that's the case, I agree with what you're saying. You know, you don't want any troublemakers in your locker room. Lee says, I watched that game last night and I told myself anybody who watched it and disagreed with you on the current state of the Saints is still delusional riding the 2009 wave. Uh, Yeah, man. Uh, Lee, uh, I just feel like we, we just have to be honest with ourselves. You know, I understand we love our heroes. You know, I, it's hard for us to 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 say, you know, that our heroes ain't got it no more. And I think a lot of people just feel like it's blasphemous to go at Drew Brees. You know, I, I just do. You know, I say the same thing over and over again because I really strongly feel that way. I just feel like we've had so many bad years as Saints fans. Like, we've been so heartbroken by this team over the years. Like, so embarrassed to even mention this team. And now we have success over the past 15 years. We've had success, man. I remember like me and my brother, like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like in in our room and stuff like that, when we were kids and, you know, we would joke around saying when the saints go marching in and then we'd be like marching in, you know what I'm saying? Like they ain't never going to be marching in, you know what I'm saying? Like we used to crack jokes about this because we could never, ever just imagine the type of success. This team has had over the last 15 years when we're like nine to 10 years old, like laying you know what I'm saying, laying in our room in the dark, you know what I'm saying, just just talking and trying to make each other laugh. But now it's like, okay, we have this success. We're able to hold our head up high. We have a sense of pride, more pride than we had before for this team. And we don't want that to die. We don't want to be, you know, put into the pit of misery. You know what I'm saying? We don't want to be. Uh, throwing off the throwing off the cliff into the bottomless pit. We don't want that, right? We want to continue the success of this team. But you know, I, I, I say this: you know, we're going to be Saints fans much longer than Drew Brees playing. Drew Brees has been with the same 15 years. We're going to be Saints fans, you know, 15 years or more of our lifetime. So it, it's mostly about the team here. You know, it, it's about the team. What this team is, it, you know, is is made of. Man, I we, it's no shot at Drew Brees, but if you're not putting forward your best effort, if you're not going out there putting your best foot forward, and most importantly, uh, you're basically being a hindrance to your team's success, then you know, we you gotta you gotta say something about it. And this has absolutely nothing to do with the last game, you know. I mean, it wasn't Drew Brees' fault they lost. You know, could he have thrown some passes down the field? Yes. Could uh, Sean Payton have called some more passes down the field? Yes. Do I feel like uh, Sean Payton is, is disguising some of the, the the shortcomings of Drew Brees right now? Absolutely. Do I feel like his play calling is reflecting that? Yes. And it also has something to do with Michael Thomas not being there too. You know. So I don't want to just go ahead and just keep on you know bashing Drew Brees. I mean, this team has. A lot more problems than Drew Brees. I just feel like the Drew Brees problem is amplified because at one time we could count on Drew Brees to win games for us. We can count on Drew Brees to go out there and win games despite the fact that the defense can stop a nosebleed. We can count on Drew Brees. All he needs is the ball at the last minute. And he can drive us down the field for a field goal or a touchdown. But right now, you know, at the age of 41 years old, he doesn't have that same type of ability, you know. He, he can drive us down the field, but if it's like 20 some odd seconds on the clock and you on the other side, you know what I'm saying, of the 50, and you need to hurry up and get down the field for a field goal, it might be hard for you to do, especially when teams don't respect your quarterback's ability to throw the ball down the field and get where you need to be to set up Will Lutz for a field goal or uh, uh, set yourself up to score a touchdown. So it is what it is, folks. It, it is what it is, man. But I will never. Ever forget what Drew Brees has done for this franchise, ever. yo, know, uh, I will never forget. I, I'll never forget the, the pride that I had watching the Saints win their first Super Bowl. I'll never forget, you know, some of the moments that he's had in the Saints uniform. I mean, that's always going to be engraved in my mind. I'll never forget that. But time marches on, you know. T- time marches on, you know. I remember, you know, my, my third grade teacher, Ms. Randall, one of the nicest ladies I ever met in my entire life. My favorite teacher. You know, I remember my kindergarten teacher, Miss Lewis. You know, I remember them them snacks. You know what I'm saying? Used to be on deck during snack time. You know what I'm saying? She used to always, you know what I'm saying, bake those cookies and stuff like that and bring them from my house. But, you know, when six months was over, I moved on to the first grade. I couldn't go backwards. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't. You know, I appreciate all the moments that she she gave me when I was in kindergarten, but it was time to move on. And I feel like the New Orleans Saints, you know, give Drew Brees his swine song, you know, allow him to go out there. If you if you don't want to, you know, go to Jameis or anything like that and you want to coach around some of the things that he's lacking right now, fine. You know, give him his swine song and let's move on, man, and, and start, you know, continuously cheering for the Saints and, and supporting this team and you hoping they get back to the Super Bowl. I mean, it's reality, folks. It's reality uh jaleel white thank you very much for the two dollar says it's like i'm looking in a mirror right now <laughs> i mean i look absolutely nothing like jaleel white i don't think i look like jaleel white at all <laughs> i wish i had jaleel white money you know what i'm saying i know he's still getting them urkel checks <laughs> brandon says tj uh do you think Aaron glenn has to be uh given uh garbage to work with a cornerback uh the saints have invested in the safety position but not at cornerback Lattimore is the only first rounder yeah i mean i don't know if it's garbage i I just feel like some of the same things with the new orleans saints uh every player has been dealing with the same thing their inability to turn around and their inability to spot the football now look every player that comes to new orleans saints deal with the same issues right I, I i'm sorry I, I didn't see janora jenkins giving up big plays like that not turning his head around before he came to the saints i i didn't you know what i'm saying it just seems like every single person that comes to this team has the same issues as secondary they cannot turn their head around they can't locate the football so i'm, I'm blaming that on technique and coaching you know so i feel like it's Aaron Glennfo. do the do the secondary play with swag yes do they play with confidence absolutely do they play like they're the best secondary of all time? Absolutely. When it comes to them going out there with confidence, I ain't talking about them actually playing out there on the field. I'm talking about when they walk out on the field and, you know what I'm saying, they dabbing each other off, yes. But it's one thing to look good. It's another thing to play good. And they do not play good. So you have to look at Aaron Glenn. And that's a question that the Saints are going to have to uh, address. Rather it be in the middle of the season, Rather be the end of the season. But I think we need to take a closer look at Aaron Glenn, the way that he is coaching these these secondary players. And you have to wonder to yourself, like, are these guys really that bad? Or is the technique that they're learning uh just not, you know, in the, in their best in their best interest? Uh Ramsey says, What up, TJ? PJ Williams, Marcus Williams, and Ken Crawley are the three stooges of the NFL. It is also time. Uh, for some position culture changes on this team because no one is scared of us yeah um i i just feel like uh pj williams i think he needs to go marcus williams uh a- as good as he is as a ball hawking safety he has really good hands he can't tackle like he can't tackle and and he's a liability in coverage right now too anytime like you're that last line of defense uh you know that wide receiver get behind that corner uh, you know, it's going to be a pass interference call on him. Look, I really think that somebody is going to invest some money in Marcus Williams next year, but I don't think he's going to be a new Orleans saint. I mean, that's just reality right there. Look, as much as uh, he can give you an interception or two, uh, I feel like you can get some better uh, safety play from someone else other than Marcus Williams. And I like him, you know, I like him. I hope he get his money. I hope he goes to another team and be successful down the line. I hope we be asking a question one day, like why we got rid of Marcus Williams. Uh, but right now, man, he just I don't know, he just a liability right now. Uh, you know, so I, I like him a lot, but I think you can get a better safety, you can get better safety play out of someone else. Uh Anthony says you can thank uh Jason David for that loss. Yeah, man, uh smoke turkey uh is a uh, was was terrible, you know. He was terrible, but uh you can't allow one bad. A decision uh, to you know make you reconsider some of these other decisions that you make uh, I feel like if you're doing that then that's just that's, that's just dumb you know like if you you see a good cornerback out there you get them you know Marshawn Lattimore was the best uh, cornerback coming out of college like if you looked at that mock draft in 2017 I mean he was the best on the list um they had him going to the Jets or even the, the Chicago Bears that year so Um, him actually falling to the saints uh, pretty much was a miracle, you know? So uh, he was the best at that particular time and the saints took him. And I honestly don't think that the saints really wanted him. (laughs) They wanted the guy that played on Monday night and has been lighting up the league since he got there and Patrick Mahomes. And that's crazy, man, how we like, we were really close to getting that guy, like really, really close, like all that success and all the things that he's doing with Kansas city. He would have been doing with New Orleans, but I mean, Things happen for a reason, but I just think that the Saints shouldn't allow bad decisions of the past, you know, reflect the decisions that they make for the future. If you see a good cornerback out there, you go there and get them. You know, if you see a good linebacker out there, you go and get them. You become aggressive. And there's no excuse for that, because we all know how aggressive the Saints can be if they really want somebody. If you up there trying to negotiate deals like they do in the NBA to try to get a player, don't tell me that you can't move up and try to get a guy. Don't give me that lip service like, oh, we thought he would have been there, but he wasn't. Nah, Don't give me that, man. Like, as aggressive as this team is when they really want somebody, I I can't take that. You know, I I can't take uh, what they're saying to me as as gospel, because if they really want somebody, they really try to move heaven and earth together. So the only reason I feel like they don't get corners is because they don't want to. They don't want to take the time out to go out here and try to get a guy that they can actually develop and be and become something. They don't want to do that. they rather go and, and get some other team a guy who did something two, three years ago. And maybe they feel like, you know, they can be able to, uh you know, maybe to go out there and and get some of that success that they had a couple years ago out of that player and make him come to the team and have that same similar success. But sometimes you can't do that. You gotta, you gotta take chances, man. And we all know that the Saints aren't afraid to take chances. Do you think Breeze can not or won't throw the deep ball? Uh, I feel like Drew Breeze isn't confident to throw the deep ball. That's what I feel. Can he throw the deep ball? I really feel like he can. I just don't feel like he's confident enough to do it. I I, I don't. I I feel like it's between the ears. I feel like he don't think that he can get the ball where it needs to be. And I know that sounds crazy, but. I think sometimes, man, even the the person with the with the the biggest ego or the biggest level of confidence, they struggle with confidence from time to time. I really feel like Drew Brees second guesses himself, and that's the reason why he don't throw the ball down the field, you know, consistently. You know, I think some people once again get those things that that we're saying misconstrued. Some people say that he can't throw the deep ball. I'm saying he can't throw the deep ball consistently because people will say. Man, look at the video that he put out in the offseason. Well, not saying that he can't throw the deep ball, but we're talking consistently. We're talking about if like Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf is is down the field and he has like five or six yards of separation on the cornerback of the safety that he can throw the ball down the field and DK Metcalf can catch it. You know, fast forward to the Saints. If uh, Deontay Harris has five yards of separation and he's down the field, can Drew Brees have the confidence that he can get the ball down the field to Deontay Harris? I don't feel like he has that. So I feel like it has a lot to do with Drew Brees' confidence more so than him not being able to get the ball down the field. I just don't think that he he has that kind of confidence in his arm anymore because we all know, man. I mean, them will them be, be some ducks, man, like for real. Like we seen Drew Brees throw a deep pass in the playoffs, like pathetic. You know, even at play, uh, in the nfc championship game we threw the pass to tag again junior like that was a lame duck you know Tay and junior just came back to, uh for the football and uh it put the saints in the red zone you know and, and then we know the rest happened so um he just he just don't have that arm strength man and when you when you watching that tape and you seeing yourself throw the ball down the field i mean you like yeah, you know what i'm saying you know it's almost like being in a gym and you playing basketball and you shooting the ball and you miss, you know you get like three shots and you miss all three. You know, you might start second guessing, you know, shooting the ball, unless you're the late great Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace. Uh Tragic says, uh, I feel at some point in the second in the season, Breeze is going to have to uh go on injury reserve to save pride and get it pro- uh publicly uh benched. And and that will be his unofficial uh retirement. Uh I don't know, Tragic, you know, I don't think it's gonna get to that point. I think that Drew Brees is a prideful man. I feel like uh he's not just gonna go out there to try to save face. I, I don't see that happening. I don't see any politicking going on uh with Drew Brees. I, I really just don't, man. I feel like Drew Brees is gonna give us his all because that's all he has done since he's gotten here. You know, he's gonna give it his all. He's gonna do it, he's gonna do his best, man. It's going to take uh Sean Payton, you know, to sit him down, man. And if the Saints aren't having success uh in in the following weeks you know like you know we got to have this conversation this is what going to tell us the type of coach that we have is Sean Payton is he willing to have that tough conversation with his quarterback if things start to really get bad you know and I think with that that's when I really start respecting Sean Payton if you can have that type of conversation with Drew and you know really evaluate him objectively that's when I really start to have uh, – that's when I really think I start to really have a lot of confidence and more respect for him because I feel like right now he's hitched his wagon to Drew Brees all these years, and I feel like almost it's like he's being exposed as a coach, and it's like maybe we need to start looking at Sean Payton differently because right now his quarterback is suffering and not really doing a lot of things that we're used to him doing, and he can't make the adjustments so i mean they they are conjoined so pj williams thank you very much for the two dollars It says i'm still uh dating your daughters so talk all you want <laughs> yeah man pj uh uh I, I don't care who you date man i just need you to cover better you know what i'm saying i ain't got a daughter you know <laughs> so i knew you ain't dating mine and if if you did nah we ain't even gonna go there that would be you know anyway ice man T, uh, what can't the Saints ever have a relatable defense? Uh, How can other teams do it, but we can't do it? That's a good question. And our roster is way better than some of these other rosters. Yeah, man, don't that frustrate you that other teams can turn a corner defensively? You watching guys just fly all over the field, get off the field on third down, not getting beat deep. And then you have to subject yourself to the same things year after year from the New Orleans Saints defensive staff. Like, it is absolutely mind-blowing the way that this team just constantly just can't find a defense. It, it just seems like they just cannot get it together. I, I just don't understand it. I don't understand why. And it seems like no matter what defensive coordinator that they bring in, no matter what staff members that they bring in, it'd be the same thing, okay? I mean, they're just getting beaten different ways. The, the only formidable defense that they actually had was when Greg Williams was here. Because Greg Williams, you know, he was a very aggressive play caller. He wasn't afraid to blitz. He was, wasn't was afraid to dial it up. But I would be afraid if Greg Williams being a defensive coordinator because the way our secondary players play, man, it would be ugly because you know they're going to get beat if they're playing man-to-man. Iceman T. Mahomes, and Lamar weren't in the same draft class. Nah, they wasn't. No, nah, they, nah, they wasn't Uh what patrick mahomes was 2016 he was in the 2016 draft i think no 2017 he was in the 2017 draft and lamar was in the 2018 draft uh, i feel at uh some point in this season uh breeze is going to have to go on injury reserve to save pride of, oh i already read that one i already read that one i'm actually going i'm actually going up it's, Uh, Do you see Jeff Ireland becoming the general manager of the Atlanta Falcons and bringing some of our 2021 free agents to his team? Yep, I do. (coughs) Excuse me. I really do. I think that Jeff Ireland going to end up being a GM uh, for the Falcons, and then we really going to be in trouble. (laughs) Uh, We are still in the preseason, but they need to wake up before it's too late. Uh, Actually, we're in the regular season. Like, we can keep on telling ourselves this all we want to. Like, oh, we're in the preseason, but – look these games count okay these games count like these, this is not the preseason this is the regular season so you can have a you can have a preseason mind frame all you want to but only thing gonna happen is you're gonna end up getting beat you know what i'm saying and these games count and you're just getting further and further away from playoff positioning. you know i mean luckily lucky for them there's seven teams in the playoffs this year and i i don't see Seven teams better than the New Orleans Saints. That's the only thing that keeps me optimistic about this team, you know, that you have seven spots instead of six. I feel like Drew can throw the deep ball. I think he knows his accuracy and power to laser the ball isn't there anymore. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I'm going to read a few more, folks, and now I got to get up out of here. Let's see. Anthony says uh, Spags ain't afraid to blitz and the worst defense in the league history. Yeah, that was horrible. That was horrible. Yeah, Spag wasn't it, man? TJ, I love the podcast, and it has inspired me to make my own with my friends. Uh, do you have tips to start up? Yep, uh, be consistent. That, that's my best. That's my best advice to you: be consistent and and do it out of love. You know, anything that you do, uh, anything that you do, do it with 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 passion. You know, don't don't ever shortchange your your audience. Uh, make sure that you actually. You know, do do what you love to do. You know, Um, it might, you know, I'm saying get a little dark at times because, you know, you might start looking at the beginning, start looking at your views. They may not be as high, you know. I mean, I hope that's not the case, but you know, I'm saying just stay consistent, man. Like, don't do it because of the views, don't do it because of the follows or likes. Like, just do it because you have a passion and love to do it And, and, and go into it, you know, like just dive straight in, you know, make sure that you're like fully embedded and fully involved in it and make sure you do the little things to make it grow. That means going back, uh listening to yourself, which is man, it's tough to do. It is tough to do to listen to yourself. Like go back and try to research and look at some of the things that you can get better in. And uh if you do those things then you'll be just fine. And don't be a don't be afraid to hear no either, you know? If if you if you go out there be as aggressive as you can, don't be afraid if somebody tells you no. Uh, don't be upset if somebody that you want to support your podcast don't because, you know, my family, you know, what I'm saying they love this podcast, you know, but, you know, those are the type of people that's go <laughs> hold your podcast down, you know, sometimes it's hard for people that's close to you to actually see to see you outside of yourself, you know, it's hard for that, you know, so sometimes like you might think somebody might support you, they might not end up doing so, but the reason why your podcast would be successful mostly is because you love it. So good luck to you, man. Uh we need to stop getting penalties. Yeah, man. We definitely do. We definitely do. Uh I knew we should have signed Earl Thomas. <laughs> uh now Falcons need a GM like Ozzy Newsom and John Lynch. Well, they're not going anywhere. Uh Tony. Uh Ozzy has retired. And John Lynch is doing a great job out there in San Francisco. So uh, it's not his fault, Solomon Thomas and um, Nick Bosa, two of his best pass rushes out for the season. So uh, you're not, and you're definitely not getting Isaac Newsom man. I, I can't see him being anywhere except around that Baltimore Ravens uh, franchise. So I, I think, man, but like, honestly, Tony, man, Jeff Ireland is a really good assistant general manager, man. I think y'all would love him if he was to go come to the Atlanta Falcons. And I would hate it because, I'm telling y'all right now, if Jeff Ireland becomes the GM of the Atlanta Falcons, the Atlanta Falcons are going to be much better than they are right now. And they are going to be a, it's going to be frustrating. They're going to be hard to deal with. That's how much confidence I have in Jeff Ireland. Like, I really feel like he'll turn that, that, that team into an actual, literal Super Bowl contender. Now, I don't think, I really do, because I that, that guy knows how to find talent. He knows how to find talent. Uh, Go line. Trey Flowers is going to sack Breeze multiple times. Uh, I mean, Trey Flowers is a good pass rusher, uh, but I don't know about sacking him multiple times. I mean, I just think that, uh, I think the Detroit Lions, man, God bless y'all. Y'all need some help up front. Like Aaron Jones was just out there shredding y'all like cheese, man. And I, I feel like to me, I think we all can agree that Alvin Kamara is better than uh, Aaron Jones, who is no slouch in his own right. So y'all might be in trouble, man. But good luck to y'all. Like I said, I ain't got nothing bad to say about the Lions. I wish I could just sit up here and just start talking noise up to the, about the Lions, but I'd just be being fake. You know, I got a lot of respect for the Detroit Lions team. I, I really like the Detroit Lions. Like, I like Matthew Stafford, you know. I like Jim Caldwell when he was there. I got to, you know. I mean, I, I just like the team. I like watching them play, especially like with Megatron. I mean, give me a break. Who didn't then, who then like watching Megatron play? Uh, William Hubbard says we need a new GM for the Saints. Mm, I don't know. I, I don't think so. I think I think Loomis doing a good job. I think he's doing a good job. I also think that Jeff Ireland makes him much better than what he actually is. You know, I often use this example. I said it's like uh, being a store manager that barely do anything and you got an assistant manager that does everything. And the DM comes in and he's looking at the store and like, oh man, the store looks great. The store manager basically just spends most of the time in the office and the assistant manager runs the store, but the store manager getting all the credit for what the assistant manager does. That's the, that's what I feel about the saints. You know, Jeff Ireland is the guy that's bringing in all these good draft picks. He's the guy that's bringing these guys in that have been uh, doing a great job and being contributors to the saints. Uh, I just feel like Mickey Loomis, he just, a, you know, just a a accountant. That's it. You know what I'm saying? He's an accountant. I don't feel like he really looks at the talent or anything like that. I think he leaves that all up, uh, to Jeff Ireland, uh, all respect, bro. We will see a good game on Sunday. Yeah, it always is, man. It always is. Good luck to y'all. You know, I think it's going to be a very interesting game. Uh, two teams that right now feel like they definitely, they desperately need a win, um, I think the Lions are really trying to like turn a corner. They I mean Matt Patricia job is on the line. And uh the Saints right now, you know. What I mean, you go one and three, man, we're gonna be in full panic mode. But I want to say thank you very much for tuning in to the State of the Saints podcast. Uh shout out to everybody, man. I seen some Lion fans in here. Uh shouts out to the Falcon fans, man. Hopefully, y'all not on Suicide Watch no more. And- <laughs> And uh, thank you to all the Saints fans that, uh, that take part in this podcast, making it what it is. I really do appreciate it. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, YouTube.com, search The State of the Saints podcast, uh, Facebook.com, search The State of the Saints podcast. You can follow your truly on Twitter at State of Saints, that's State of Saints, and make sure that you continue to send those snapshots of you following on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM, We're going to be announcing a winner of the State of the Saints podcast, uh, Mask, courtesy of MaskMarket.com, the official sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. We're going to be announcing that uh, uh, Sunday afternoon uh, when the Saints take on the Detroit Lions. So uh, be sure that you send me those snapshots. And uh, thank you all so much, man. Y'all have a great and productive day and uh, y'all be safe out there till next time. All I got to say is who that?